Welcome to the show, brave listeners. This is the Right or Wrong podcast. I am your host, Patrick Emile. And I am Tyler Lucas. And you are now in the writer's room. So today's episode is a presentation of the commentary for chapter three of The Disappearance of Lottie Carmichael. So if you have not listened to Lottie Carmichael 3. What are you doing? Yeah, you better do it now. You better do it now. I'll give you one second. There it was. So now, if you're listening, well, you know, spoilers It ahead. wasn't a disappearance. Uh, yeah, it sure wasn't. Well, I mean, I guess. I guess I, technically it was, but it ended up being her a little soul, bit of a murder. Her soul disappeared. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, well, T-Tai, how you doing? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. I just got my uh, first vaccine scheduled for tomorrow. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Oh, look out. Yeah, jazz hands to that. I get my second one tomorrow. Nice. So I guess I'm... A little ahead of the curve. Two weeks. Yeah. I don't Um, think I got the curve. I think there's, I think I'm like behind the curve. Oh, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with some curves. That's true. Thick. Yeah. Thick with two C's. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, y'all, we're coming at you from Dallas, Texas, right or wrong studio as always. And now, of course, it is time for 30 Sec Rex with Tyler and Patrick. So, Titai, what do you have for us today? So uh, I recently just finished the podcast, Your Own Backyard. It is about the disappearance of Kristen Smart, who was a Cal Poly Tech student. I think she disappeared in 1996. Ooh. Still an open investigation. That's a long time. It is. Uh, but they have a very solid suspect. And it's like seven, eight episodes, I think. But it's all focused on the one case. And they have one main suspect and is pretty sure he did it but who knows are the podcasters themselves pretty sure of who did it yeah i think a lot of people are pretty sure who did it because there's really only ever been one oh oh it's one of those suspects yeah so it is fascinating first episode's a little slow but after that it gets it gets real into it so awesome yeah also one real quick wreck yeah use your blinkers people when you're driving oh my god yeah it is a pet peeve Please, I almost got hit twice in like three days. Yeah. User, user GD blinker. Use that turn signal, y'all. Sorry, it grinds my gears. Yeah, it grinds Tyler's gears. So please, everybody in the world, I'm talking to you, non-signalers. Yeah, I drive a stick and it grinds the actual gears of my car. Uh, yeah, well, we can't that. have that. We can't have that in the Mazda. No. Um, well, I have today for you, Tyler, an album called Milkveg which I know sounds like either a Tolkien reference or a black metal band, but it is neither. I was thinking It is metal. actually yeah. the name of an album by the Dutch artist James Zoo, J-A-M-E-S-Z-O-O, in collaboration with the conductor Jules Buckley, who is leading the Metropole Orchest, which is a, a Dutch orchestra, contemporary orchestra. It is phenomenal. This nice. thing is blowing my mind, this this record. Okay. Um, it's on Spotify and all that. It's sort of a cross between kind of like contemporary hip-hop jazz sort of stuff with orchestral music. Okay. Um, and this album is done live. So he's like playing fat Moog synth lines with this orchestra coming in with these swelling, pretty lines. It is wild. I do love me some synth. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Melkveg, M-E-L-K-W-E-G, by James Zoo, J-A-M-E-S-Z-O-O. Check that out. 
But also, uh, guess what, Titai? What? Hit me with it. We've got a bonus 30-sec rec for our listeners, and I'm happy to say that it is our sponsor for this week's episode. So, brave listeners, we know you like the stories of the strange and unexpected. Well, Disturbed Lore is sure to give you the creeps. It's an animated horror video channel with hair-raising short stories, some looking into the disturbing mind of a newbie serial killer, the green-eyed woman, and others about horrifying monsters that will haunt your dreams. Um, Format-wise, it kind of reminds me of Tales from the Crypt or even Are You Afraid of the Dark or Goosebumps, but much scarier. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was a huge fan of Are You Afraid of the Dark. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like the first or second episode, I I don't remember what it was, but like I remember like not wanting to ever watch it again. Yeah. That was so creepy. So the format of Disturbed Lore is sort of that way. Like they have some first person presentations of these stories. It's an anthology, you know, in that that way. So that's why it kind of reminds me of that. I adore Are You Afraid of the Dark and I think I'm going to submit something for the consideration of the Midnight Society later this season. I wish there was a fire here to throw some stuff on. Yeah, uh, Tales from the Crypt was always like, that was always too scary for me as a child. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm older than you, as we all know, but even for me as a child, because I mean, that Tales from the Crypt's pretty old. I mean, that that first run of it. But yeah, it it reminds me of that as well. So anyway, brave listeners, be sure to check out Disturbed Lore on YouTube or visit disturbedlore.com. And for those full body chills, I recommend the playlist Meet the Monsters, a little tack on to that ad. So check that out, y'all. So, my friends, that brings us to introducing once again our third wheel, who is Mindy Nyendorf, back from Oklahoma City in spirit. She's zooming in once again, actually, from Oklahoma City. (laughs) What up, Mindy? How's it going? It's going well. Here in here in good old windy Oklahoma City. Yeah, how is the wind situation up there? Oh my gosh! So I'm Texas gal through and through. Never lived in Oklahoma until now, yeah. and I I really think that like I should tie a string to me and be a kite. Yeah, it's, it, it's insane. It's insane. Mindy, besides <laughs> the wind, is anything else going on? You, you doing okay otherwise? I well, I'm ready to share my very exciting news. Uh oh, very excited. So I, I've learned that I can share with the world. I recently booked representation with Mary Collins. What from up? Dallas, Texas. Dallas. Very exciting uh, progression in my career. Does this mean that you will be getting out of the windy Oklahoma City? Tune in next week. To <laughs> well, I we, hope so. Yeah, we hope that's the case. Yeah. Congrats, Minnie. That's a big deal. Thank That's you. Awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm really pumped. You're represented. I am. Hopefully you'll see me in some wacky commercial from time yeah, to time. Yeah, yeah, totally. I hope it's like an insurance commercial. Yeah. And I'm like, I knew her. For when. the general. Yeah. For the general. Like the you general. and Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He would dwarf me. Yeah. Could you yeah. imagine? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he dwarfs pretty much everybody. Yeah, most, most folks. Yeah. Most folks. Different strokes for different folks. <laughs> Brave listeners, I just need to drop this bit of knowledge because in the past week, we have had some very significant birthday events with the Right or Wrong team. And that includes our very own Mindy, our very own Tyler, and our very own producer, Marlo Myslevich. So all three of them had birthdays in this past week or so. So happy birthday to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. And in addition... 
One of our rogues, Bradford Riley, also had a birthday this past Yay. week. So, Ooh, happy yeah. birthday, happy Bradford. Birthday. Yeah. All of your parents are like-minded individuals. True. And that's well, all I'll Actually, say about I don't know. That. I can't say that. I don't what? know. Are you, are you guys into horoscopes? Because, yeah, Patrick, you're surrounded by Aries. Aries. I know. I, yeah. How do you feel? I, you know, which is weird because <laughs> I'm, I'm a Pisces. I'm like a hyper Pisces, super Pisces. Uh-huh. And so, you know, you think that, I mean, they're kind of like, opposite fire and gasoline yeah yeah like 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 oil and water you know i, I don't i don't know i don't know i don't know anything about horoscope yeah so i guess i love me some aries nice. at least one of them y'all are okay i guess oh all right all right brave listeners so let's get into this so Titai, min min you have now read the script you have now listened to chapter three of the disappearance of lottie carmichael let's get your initial reactions your general thoughts observations, any questions? I love the questions. Mindy, hit us. Oh, I cannot believe it was Morris. I, and I'm, I'm so upset that I never considered or like had an inkling or thought, wow, he's sus. You really did it? <laughs> I really, I, I got I you know. on Morris. <laughs> You got me a Morris. Oh, I'm so going to write that down. I, I uh, am with her until we got to the point where they were talking. They were trying to meet up with Morris. And they were like, did we say too much? And I was like, mm, it's probably Morris. Well, I remember that point, Tyler. Like, And and I'm such a fan of, of um, you know, and I know Patrick does a really good, a really great job of this. You don't mention something in a story unless it's important. Yeah, I tend not to. But I thought it was like just kind of there to throw me. Like I, I really just dismissed it. I thought it was there to throw me off. Nice. You know, as a practicality, because like if you're Portia and Valerie, obviously you don't want to just tell people what you know. I don't know. You just got me and I'm a little salty about it. Yeah. (laughs) Heck yeah. When did you know? Did you always know it was going to be Morris or did you start No, that's a good question. I didn't know it was always going to be Morris, although I created a track here in the studio in pacing around trying to figure out how it was (laughs) Selmer and Peter McClung. And I was like, well, you know, I guess I'm just going to change it up. Um, (laughs) But I I did know. So Morris is introduced in Chapter 2, but I always knew Morris was going to be a character because I knew that the the one person that had the outward-facing security camera I knew was I was going to – make that a character, if anything else, just to add a character, you know, I mean, just to to add add a new dimension. But like you said, I try not to introduce things that are total throwaways. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's when I secretly started going with Morris. And I was like, well, you know, what if Lottie did work at the art supply store Mm -hmm. as an undergrad or something, you know, for a couple of days? So So I feel as though the ending does a really great job of answering most questions. Obviously, with the with the cliffhanger here or there, such as you know, will will our podcasters be okay? Yeah. Is this maybe a setup for some future story? Yeah. Will we see them again? Do you know the answer to those questions? I do. You do. know if they're okay? I I do know some of the answers to some of those questions. Okay. I think that Lottie and Portia do survive. I think that Morris probably has a knife. And he stabbed them, and I think he was choking Valerie at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I did hear a nice like gargle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think it's completely brutal and horrific, and hopefully got people a little bit shook because that was the idea. Um, but I do think they survive. Also, though, I do have plans for Special Agent Dabney Duritz, who now wow, has resigned uh-huh. from the GIB. So keep that. Under your hat. Going going oh. off of what uh, Mindy just said about unanswered questions. Yeah. 
the motive of Morris yes. with Lottie mm-hmm. is that intentionally left yes. open? Yes. Okay. Because I think it's not that hard to necessarily. Uh, I mean, yeah, but there's terrible people everywhere. Yeah. And I don't think it's his first time. Oh, I'll tell you that okay. much. Like okay. as, as my internal okay. internal uh, maybe we can see some like Morris. some previous episodes of Griff or Die about some unsolved oh, murders. That's a good idea. Probably never going to do that, but that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, because you know that would be yeah. it'd be so sick. Yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I don't think it's his first time. I think it was sort of you know lusty. I think he's just a very it's deranged creepy, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. he's always had his eye on on Lottie. Whoa. Yeah. I kind of hate that we, like, in the best of ways, not in a, how dare you not let this happen? But I kind of hate that we don't, like, hear from Morris. Not mm. that I really care to glorify his side of the story or, like, yeah. you know, whatever. But it, it he gets off so easy. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see the you trial. Know? Yeah. I want to see him try to, to you know, spin his web of lies. And- yeah. I, I don't even think he would. In, in my estimation of Morris, I think he would just be like, yeah, I mean, I did it. I think mm-hmm. he's, I think he's one of those, mm-hmm. like, like a BTK who finally like admitted yeah, everything. I think, yeah, I think yeah. he he got caught. He was about to get caught, and he tried this last ditch effort mm-hmm. to. I don't even know if it's as much cover up or it was just to be like, well, if I'm gonna go, I'm gonna out, go out, I'm gonna go out swinging. I'm gonna go, go out, out swinging and go go after these two young ladies. Yeah. Well. Yeah, total downer. <laughs> total, <laughs> total downer. All right. What else? What else we got? Uh, yeah. So like. I think the tone overall in the third episode is way more serious than the previous yeah. episodes. Yeah. Outside of like, especially the at the beginning, besides the Bev, I believe it was. Bev. Besides Bev, who is a, who is a character. Yeah. Uh, the, very, the tone was very serious, especially with um, Dabney, who is very like straight to the point. Oh, yeah. 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 So I think that was a nice change. It was a nice, nice uh, mm-hmm. how, to do, how you did that. Yeah, so I, you know, I, we knew from Dabney from the first episode. I mean, he mm-hmm. he, he was right, right, sprinkled right. in there in the first two. I did know that I wanted to have a more direct line to him and and kind of get at him as a character. I always knew that eventually it would all converge together and that he uh-huh. would reach out to them in his desperation, make mm-hmm. the terrible decision to sign them on as yeah. human assets. Right. And uh, I thought it would be, from a writing perspective, a good juxtaposition, you know, as far as like his sort of weary, trodden seriousness about, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get at this case versus these upbeat podcasters who are doing, you know, true crime Trying podcasts. to be entertainment. Like, yeah. yeah. Let's entertain yeah. people yeah. with murder. Right. Kind of yeah. excited about it. And I have thought about that in listening to other true crime mm-hmm. podcasts, which is very much in vogue these days. And it is, a, it fascinates me. So that was kind of the whole kernel for the idea. Yeah. Um, what, it, what does it mean to be that way and how easy it is to be maybe flippant about these situations when all you're doing is relaying facts on a microphone and slash editorializing about about right. these situations. Meanwhile, people have died. Yeah. They're they're you know? real people. Yeah, they're real people. To piggyback on this idea, you know, I the whole exchange with Peter really struck me. Mm. You know, like especially Peter comes comes on and does this video interview and and you know, I I loved her and I'm constantly looking for clues. Obviously, yeah. I mean he sends them in to, to Portia and Valerie. And of course he calls them out like 
you know, yeah, I listened to your podcast. I heard what you said about me. It's yeah, clear that yeah, yeah. It's me. like the, he's right. a, the real person. And yeah. I, I, you know, it's just, it's interesting. That's something I was going to bring up later when we got to, but, uh, it reminds me of the Cecil Hotel documentary on uh, Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, where yeah. they like something happened. They accused that that the rock guy, yeah, the black metal guy, yeah, yeah. It, it just reminds me of that, where like Peter was that guy. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. I actually watched that after having written. Oh, really, Lottie, which was Whoa. sort of yeah. was sort of fascinating. Yeah, cool. Hey, thanks for those initial reactions. All right, y'all. So from the get-go, I was interested in creating or, I guess, recreating the creep factor from found footage horror films, which was another impetus for writing this story. I began to wonder how this could be done in the audio space, and that's when I really started to dial in on using the meta microphone, i.e. the podcast within a podcast, um, because how else would you do it, right? Right. So without a microphone inside of the show itself, how could you do a distance from the mic where you're not really sure what's happening? So my question is, did all of that work for you in that scene? Are you talking about like a specific scene? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I am specifically talking about when Portia goes to answer the door thinking that it's David okay. Duritz. That's what I was oh, going to get to. Okay. That's yeah. what I was going to do because there yeah. was that whole Peter yes. thing. Because yeah. that threw me off because I was thinking something was going to happen on the call with Peter. Yeah. So you kind of did a switch. You switched yeah. route it. Well, so I uh, shout out to Marlo. That was her idea to have Peter's screen freeze, uh, which which kind of upped the the thriller yeah, factor. Yeah. I thought that was a brilliant idea. Um, but I, I already had that whole thing about like moving away from the microphone and answering the right, door. Right, and right. She was like, well, what if Peter's screen freezes mm-hmm. to kind of up the ante right there yeah. in that moment? Like yeah. it's him. Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. Like it could, even at this moment, maybe it still is him. Like somehow the projection. Yeah, projections, right, yeah. right. I just think that worked really well because the whole time, like even though if you, especially if you think Peter had abducted or murdered yeah. anything to do yeah. with Lottie's disappearance, you are anticipating something happening on his end. Right. So I think Marley made the amazing call to yeah. make that switcheroo. yeah. yeah. It pushed it even a little bit further, you know. So I think it it worked in general, especially with all the music that you added to it. Yeah. What do you think, Minnie, would work for you? Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought I I, even um, starting that whole scene with the desk chair. Yeah. He's, you know, Mm -hmm. because he was. He's gone getting his yeah, glass of water. Like obvious. you already are like, what's going yeah. on? Like yeah. obviously he's playing games with, you know, Portia and Valerie. And then the, when someone comes to the door, I don't, I just, I think from the very beginning, you know, it's not, it's not the, it's not Agent Dur. It's like, right. Right. No, it's not. Yeah. So, so I, I think the, the idea of him not being in the frame of the camera, um, mm-hmm when the call is answered is, is totally born of all our experiences in 2020. I never would have thought of that. (laughs) Like when you zoom somebody or Mm -hmm. Skype somebody and it's just like, wait, Hey, are you there? Uh I thought that was a really fun way to kick off the climax. Coming from in the house. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And then beyond that, it was just a lot of experimenting in the audio space as far as like how to EQ those sounds Mm -hmm. to make it sound like it's far away from the microphone and picking up. Yeah, exactly. Picking up just enough. Uh-huh. You know, I didn't want to tone. Yeah. That, I mean, to me at that point, if you if you could tell that it was Morris by that point, so be it. You know, that's that's yeah. that, that was fine because I really only have 10 seconds, 15 seconds or so to kind of really try and yeah, scare yeah, yeah. you at that point. So, uh, yeah. Cool. All right, y'all. So we all know what time it is now. It is time for Am I Crazy? So am I crazy or was the hopefully successful 
focusing of the lens on Valerie and Portia somewhat at the expense of learning more about Lottie. Do you think that there could have been a better way to share focus or is it usually just one way or the other, you know, i.e. too many things to worry about, too many cooks in the thematic kitchen? Uh, I, I don't think you're crazy. I am curious, was your intention to sh- like have it be Lottie's story and Portia and Valerie's story? Or was your intention just to really have it be Portia and Valerie's story? It was always just to have it be Portia and Valerie's story. That's what I thought. But because of the advantages of the audio space, you know, a lot of times I talk about the disadvantages, but because of the advantages of the audio space, I can sort of mess with the focus and give us a little bit of Lottie world. Cause I thought that'd be cool for the right or wrong mm-hmm. for the no, real life I think that audience. Really well done. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it does beg the question, you know, do you want to know more about Lottie? You know, I don't know. I think, I think obviously you want to know more about Lottie. Yeah. That's really hard to do in a three episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 30 minute each episode. Uh-huh. So do you think it would have been possible to do, to share the focus or alternatively, do you think it would have been better to have it be about Lottie and then the podcasters are, are the, the side side I, angle? I think the way this story came out, I think it, 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 you know, with the three episodes of the 30 minutes, I think it's done very well. I, I obviously want to know more about Lottie in the mystery sense, but I feel like I'm watching Portia and Valerie's story. Therefore that's the one that I, you know, I would crave more. Okay. I think that like going through the experience with them of, of figuring everything out and, and like watching their characters develop and watching them uncover the clues and watching them, you know, ultimately meet potentially the same faith yeah. as mm-hmm. Lottie. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I think that's where the story was for this. And I think it was really effective. Cool. Oh, that's good to, yeah, to I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Cause it's it's more interesting story to tell. Not that Lottie's not interesting, but mm-hmm. it would just be a lot of flashbacks. It would be a lot of like a lot, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a more interesting way to tell the story of Lottie. Yeah, I maybe you could have gotten a little bit more detail of Lottie and her life, yeah. and other than like maybe if it were like six yeah. episodes, yeah, maybe it was right. six episodes, yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah, right. and really try and split the time. And that could be, you know, that could have been so effective too. Cause imagine if you really grew to love Lottie. Yeah. You know, right. what if you started yeah. getting attached to Lottie, that would be even more devastating at the end, which is, you know, the whole goal it's like of the Game show. Of Thrones. It's like Game of <laughs> yeah, Thrones. It is kind of GOT. Except the last season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Just trying to ruin, Ugh. just trying to ruin you is kind of the goal here for this one. But well, that's good to hear because I mean, that, that my, that just means to me that my intention was was clear and, and and no one was kind of wasting any time worrying about what could have been in terms of the format. So I just had, yeah, just the thought I had. So thanks for that feedback. Good thinking. <laughs> All right, y'all. So that brings us to right or wrong. Now, there are no votable choices as this is the finale of a story, but... The disappearance of Lottie Carmichael did a serviceable job leaving you wondering about what it means to glorify true crime. Yes or no, right or wrong, and why? So did it leave you wondering about that kind of idea, the glorification of true crime, the true crime culture? Yes, it did. Good. We, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Yeah, we've podcast. sort of been touching yeah, on it over this whole on, yeah. time. But uh, yeah, like like I said about the this. Cecil Hotel, uh, Netflix series in that situation. Also, that the recommendation that I had. Uh, yeah. If that person is wrong about that suspect, that person 
has been living a hell yep. of a life mm-hmm. if he did not do it, but I'm pretty sure he did. Yep. And, you know, not to mention just the greater than arm's length you get to tell these stories. You know, the mm-hmm. way you get to capitalize on these stories because you're not necessarily involved, even as a documentarian, really, for a lot of these. Some of them, yes. Yeah, I know, they, always, I, they always claim to, like, have gotten involved. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It, which might be the yeah, case. It, it I, might be, yeah. yeah. Look, I'm a fan of the genre, so I'm not— Oh, I'm, I am too. I, I just, it just makes me think about it, and so I wanted to write a story where— that arm's reach becomes right in your face. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants mm-hmm. to be an armchair detective. Yeah, right, right. It, you know, this is maybe more of a philosophical question, but it, 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 it makes me think how interesting, how weird is it, like, that we are so fascinated and desensitized by these true, like, these true crime stories, you know, yeah. we're, we're thrilled by them. Yeah, right. Like, what's that about? What are we doing in our brains? (laughs) I think it's partially, I think the people who have been involved in actual murders or disappearances, Mm -hmm. they probably are not fans of the true crime genre, Uh but outsiders who have like been lucky enough to not have that be a part of their life are like fascinated by it because we're not, it's just not something that it's just, I don't even know how to say it. We're, We're just not used to it. And, and it's twofold, yeah. too. It's like the fascination with the victims, with true crime stuff, but also, of course, which has been going on forever, the fascination with the perpetrators. The suspect, right? or, yeah, and that's yeah. all the way back to 19th century Whitechapel with Jack yeah. the Ripper uh-huh. and, yep, and yep. all of that stuff, which is you know something I tried to do in this is not give the microphone too much to the perpetrator. That's smart. Or yeah. perpetrators. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Know? That's good. Um, I really yeah. wanted to focus on – the women, first of all, and just in general, because, you know, as far as the ancillary characters, Dabney gets a lot of space to to uh, grow as a character in this third episode, um, almost as as a tool. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond. Tool. Yeah. But beyond that, like, you know, Morris and Selmer are, and, and Peter are, are used very much as devices and and portrayed in a certain way, whereas Bernice Hill, we get. um a broader relationship with her and their meeting with Bernice is mm-hmm. less about victimization or terror, you know? So mm-hmm. something I was kind of playing around with, with this one. So I don't know. I will say in general, uh, throughout all of the right or wrong series, I do appreciate the diversity of characters, mm. uh, through the, the queer yeah. community yeah. and trying, trying to be yeah. female and or queer driven very yeah. much. So, and that's that's absolutely great. That's one of my favorite things about amongst many, but one of my favorite things about right or wrong. This one specifically, I, I think was it was kind of a self investigation because I was putting my own thought, putting my own my own feet to the fire mm-hmm. in this because I watch a lot of true crime, I right. listen to a lot of true crime, and, and and I love those stories. I love fictionalized crime stuff. You know, I'm a big David Fincher fan, and oh. and all of that stuff. You know, and and how I wanted to tackle a thriller where a woman dies. I tried to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, try and do something fresh, I guess. I don't know, you know, kind of, that was my goal. I don't know if it happened, but that was my goal. It's an admirable well, goal. It did. It did. We, you know, I remember it just at the very beginning of our conversation, I was like, I kind of hate that Morris gets off so easy. I kind of hate that we don't hear from him, but I also don't like, yeah. I don't miss his, you know, this is why I did it. Monologue. Right. Like, don't right. miss the way his mind works. I don't yeah. miss that. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't care about him. Yeah. 
All right. Well, yeah, lots to think about as we continue our own mullings over. And and brave listeners, please do let us know what, what you think because, you know, we're getting a little deep here in the right or wrong studio and we want to know what you think as well. Did you enjoy it just as a thriller? If so, great. If you enjoyed it on any kind of other sub-level, we'd love to hear your feedback. So please hit us up on the internet.com. <laughs> <laughs> TheInternet.com.net.co. <laughs> Brave listeners, we now have a bonus question for Tyler and Mindy. So, y'all, bonus! <laughs> Is the disappearance of Lottie Carmichael better in your mind? Would it be better in your mind as a streaming property or as a feature? I see no way, personally, it thrives on stage, which is off, uh, oftentimes a question I throw out for uh, third installments for finales. You know, what format can it live on? I don't see this happening on stage at all, so I'm just going to throw it out the window unless you have strong thoughts on that. But also, just for fun, give me a Dreamcast, Valerie, Portia, Dabney, Morris, whoever, you know, pick one or pick a couple, or a Dream Director. So, Mindy, why don't you start? I series. All the way. Yeah. Streaming. Yeah. yeah I think I it, it has that binge quality about it. Yeah. You know, and if, if you have the opportunity to like expand it a little bit, right. you know, build little cliffhangers here and there, yeah. which you already did. But like, I, I totally see myself at 2 a.m. Like, yeah. Gotta, oh, yeah. Gotta click the next episode. Yeah. And like we talked about, I think if we had six or eight episodes, we could we could have more Lottie. Yeah. Uh-huh. You could do yeah. like full episodes yeah. just on Lottie's yeah. story. Who, by the way, uh-huh. I just want to give a quick shout out to Lindsay Hall, who I th- is a new rogue, who I thought did a really fantastic job. I like you, Lindsay. Lindsay Hall. Yeah. Oh, what about uh, what about actors and? So yeah, um, Robert Lloyd Taylor as McClung, Peter McClung. Robert do you know, do you know Lloyd Taylor. Um, Gotham. Oh yes. Wait, who was he in Gotham? The Penguin. Penguin. Oh yeah. Okay, I can see that. That I can that see. Really, oh, oh yeah. So good. Yeah. That's that good. Yeah, that's. I was super also good. thinking like Zendaya, or yeah. Portia. Yeah, I thought I thought of her as well that's for good. one of for either of the podcasters because I adore her. I think she's mm-hmm. so good. She's so great. Yeah, she's got a good voice mm-hmm. for it too because you need that you need that kind of interesting voice to be on the mic uh-huh. in order you know in this format to make it seem interesting. Yeah. You know. Tea okay. Time. Who? Yeah. Sorry, Minnie. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Bernice. That has to be such an epic. Ooh. I'm shooting like, for the moon, Meryl Streep. You always say Meryl Streep. <laughs> you always say. I, what movie is not improved by Meryl Streep? I think Felicia Rashad would be a really Ooh. good Bernice personally. Okay. Or or Meryl. Meryl would be good. I have a really good uh, Morris Kennard. Ooh, shoot. Hit me. Jordan Peele. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I put him as a director. Oh, did you really? Yeah, oh. he would be a great director. Yeah, he, he would. would be a great director. But maybe right. Maybe he could direct... And 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 be <laughs> yeah. Morris Kennard because you know uh-huh. he he's so good at that kind of like weird G Willikers yeah like smiling but also like staring straight ahead you know he does he did it so much in Key and Peele yeah, you know like I think he would be fantastic and if anybody I would give the reins to this story to as a director Mindy yes it would be Jordan uh-huh. Peele yeah. Or maybe Tyler. I was thinking David Fincher. Or maybe David Fincher. Because okay. of that aspect, because he also did social network. So he yeah. has that like yeah. mind with social media and all that to yeah. be able to pull that off. Yeah. I wonder if someone like Greta Gerwig could do Ooh. a good job or or um, 
Phoebe Waller Bridge. Oh, I bet. You know, oh my god! It's very, it's very talky. Because Killing Eve, yeah, she's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So, I think, I think Phoebe Waller Bridge could them pull off well. pretty much damn near anything. Yeah, that's for sure. She's so good. So, y'all, brave listeners, that is all the time that we have for you today with the disappearance of Lottie Carmichael. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned next time for Fairlandria our newest tale of the strange and unexpected. And uh, yeah, also hit us on Instagram at right or wrong podcast. Go to our website, right or wrong podcast.com. You can check out our Patreon there. You can find me on Instagram at at Patrick underscore Emil E M as in Mary I L E. You can find me Tyler Lucas at tie fighter 88 T Y underscore fighter 88 on Instagram. I'm on Instagram as Mindy Neindorf, M-I-N-D-Y-N-E-U-E-N-D-O-R-F-F. Yeah, y'all, check us out. We all got cool things going on. I mean, Mindy just hit us with some big news. Yeah. You know, Tyler sometimes has big news. Sometimes. Yeah, and I don't really because I'm doing this all the time. But we love you, brave listeners. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed Lottie Carmichael. Lots more in store for us here in season three. Thank you so much, Mindy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Tita. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. All right, brave listeners. We will see you next time. We'll leave it for Marlo to take us out. As always, say peace, y'all. Say peace, y'all. Also, use your blinkers. Use your blinkers. (laughs) Peace, y'all. Right or Wrong is created by Patrick Emile and Marlo Myslevich. This episode's story was written by Patrick Emile, with music and sound design by Kickserve. Cast your vote on our website at writerwrongpodcast.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at writerwrongpodcast. If you like what you're listening to, hit the subscribe button, write us a review, and be sure to tell your friends to share the stories. Until next week, keep writing.